Welcome to In the Weeds, a Mindscape podcast. Hey there, welcome to episode number eight of season four of the In the Weeds podcast. I'm Pete Brand, Mindscape CEO and co-founder, and I'm joined by... Jeff Bell, Mindscape COO, and we are joined by, again... Steve Krasinski, I'm the president of Forming Technology. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for, for uh, us, taking man. some time out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we love having guests on these podcasts because then we don't just hear ourselves talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our jokes back and forth and our banter is getting kind of old. Yeah, it's the same jokes every single time. See if I can yeah. loosen it up with you guys. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, this is the um, the second part of a four part series about uh, four steps to profitable e commerce. Uh, today we're going to talk about building a site that converts. Uh, on our first uh, part of this this series, uh, it was heavy on Pete, and we're going to be heavy on Steve now because mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be talking more about uh, actually building the site. And Steve, I know that's what Swarming Tech does well. So. Um, we're going to get right into the weeds here um, quickly here. So, and we're going to talk about, uh, we, we talked a little bit about it on the last part of this uh, series, but how do you, you know, we talked about the site becoming basically a 24 seven sales rep for your company. Um, how do you recreate that sales rep like experience uh, within an e-commerce uh, experience? Yeah, so um, this hits you on both sides. I mean, we kind of referred last time to B2B and B2C. Um, B2B is pretty much the largest part of e-commerce that's growing. Um, a lot of businesses still aren't doing it, but it's really something that needs to happen for your business to continue to grow. But why a lot of people are scared of B2B e-commerce is exactly this. They are sales rep. You know, you've had the same sales rep who knows your product in and out for the last 20, 30, some years. All of your customers know them as well. So, you know, Dave can call up Jim and they can talk about their kids and they know all of that and they've developed that relationship over time. So it's still important to do that. And the best way that we found to really do that is by creating what is still a unique and personalized experience for your customer uh, on your website. Now, it might sound weird to be able to do that. And how do you write your website or develop your website in a way that it hits all of your different customers? It's really not as complicated as you think. Uh, There's a couple of different tools you can use. Um, So on the B2B side of things, um, something you can use, and even sometimes on the B2C side of things, is a product configurator. Um, So in a lot of B2B and manufacturing spaces, you're building a custom product for your customer. Um, You know, it may be different dimensions for this person, and they're used to being able to call somebody and have them walk it through it. Well, what happens then is they call them, they talk through it, and then they have to exchange some emails and change some CADs and send things back and forth. With the way e-commerce is today and the robustness of you know, different e-commerce platforms like Magento, is you can really customize them and build things that allow your customers in real time to see in front of them that CAD or what they're actually buying. Now you can do it simpler too, where you just plug it in demographics and it's giving them uh, pricing back. Um, but it's all to kind of how you want it and what you believe your customers are gonna need the most. Um, the other thing is really making sure that that whole experience of how they shop is tailored specifically to them. So we talked a little bit uh, in the last podcast about user path, user personas. Um, so this is something that Mindscape's really great at and helps how you walk your customer through your website. Um, so your product may not sell a lot online. Uh, you know, you may want to use your site to really educate your customer 
and they maybe will pick something up, but they may still pick up that phone and call your person or call your sales rep or call your customer service department. So you wanna make sure that you're using that site and directing them through it in a way that takes them to that path. Um, or if you're tailoring it to be, hey, we want them to buy the product or we want them to configure a product, we're gonna to wanna to tailor it and direct your customer to that product. It's all call to action, it's content that you're developing throughout your site. Um, and then the other part is making sure that your consumers can quickly check out. So if I can't figure out how to get to the checkout, this is even more important and more the B2C side of things, uh, I'm gonna go find it somewhere else. I'll go to Amazon. If your website makes me click six times and I know what I wanna to get to, I'm gonna to go to Amazon or I'm gonna to go to Google to find that product to get it quicker. Um, it's the same thing when you get in the checkout. If that checkout process is 25 steps and you gotta give up your firstborn son's name, you're not gonna go through that. You're gonna to wanna to make it efficient and there's so many tools out there and quick ways to make payment across multiple um, devices nowadays from PayPal to uh, just one click through even Amazon um, that you can use to make it super easy for your consumer to check out. Um, now, you also have to keep in mind though those user paths too, because not all of your customers need to be directed to that. They may be using your site for research. So don't shove down their throat the cart, the cart, check out. You wanna yeah. keep them in tune and keep them educated as you go. Um, but it really is a lot easier than you'd think to kind of make your site feel as if it's built for your customer. And you know your product. You've been doing this for a while. You know your customers. So think about your customers as you're doing this. Yeah. Steve, one, one thing that I've noticed um, over the years is that within an organization, you've got sales and you've got marketing. And it, it typically seems like the majority of the respect and autonomy is given to the salespeople. Um, and, and, and I mean, the result of that is we have lots of organizations out there who are still sending their sales reps out to office parks, knocking on doors, trying to get business, um, or just doing the old fashioned, you know, open up the phone book and just start dialing the phone. Um, but one trend that I've noticed is a lot of the time, whenever we talk about this, recreating a sales rep online or a sales experience online that caters to the end users, that there's pushback, severe pushback from the salespeople. And they almost get offended or they, they feel threatened, like, like it's going to take over their job. And, and unfortunately, a lot of organizations kind of cower in fear when the salespeople get a little bit upset. So talk to me if, if you found that uh, throughout your experiences and, and any advice you might have for organizations to not fall in that trap that you might have. Yeah, I think you can create. I'm a sales guy. Um, I'm like Pete from nature. I mean, I'm a sales guy. So I get it. If I feel like I'm not going to get my commission off of this because all of a sudden my sales are being stolen by a machine like that's money out of my pocket i'm going to be loud that's how salespeople are we're generally kind of loud and obnoxious so what i recommend here is to create your site and use it so that your sales reps can use it as a tool so they have their customers their your sales reps still should be that person that can go out there and get customers go knock on doors by all means and use that pretty face of your sales rep to be the person that brings them in but then allow them to use that site as a tool. I mean, if I'm a salesperson, you're telling me you're gonna make my job easier and I can go out and get more prospects. So I go out and get somebody new. I help them get acquainted with our site and how to use that to do purchasing. And now I get to go off and get the next guy. And I don't have to take this guy's call every 15 minutes because he's that super needy customer and he can do it online. I'm still making money here. And I'm making money with it being easier. So it's about educating them. And where this also happens too, Pete, and we've talked about this before, is when you've got a distributor network. 
So if you're the manufacturer and you've got distributors out there that may own or have different regions of the country for you, that distributors, that's where we get a lot of manufacturers that go back and they go, whoa, 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 we can't upset our distributor. Mm -hmm. You don't need to upset your distributor. You let them utilize this as a tool themselves so that that, that sale can be directed to them. It's a better way to just direct it. And there's ways to write that into the software that when those leads come in, that we can direct them properly to the right distributor. Um, and we've even used it where we have consumer um, product sales and they want to make sure they're not undercutting their um, distributor or the store that sells their product. And we've had it where it actually is like, hey, this product shifts right to that store. Or, hey, why don't you buy it from them? And we've had it where sales reps actually will see the order come through from the site and they'll call up their customer and go, hey, customer, why don't you go over to Cabela's? Uh, they've got this for 20% off right now. And they can use it as a tool really more than opposing force. Um, that, that's what I think is key. Um, you can continue to build those relationships with both distributors and your salespeople by them all utilizing this as a tool. Awesome, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it almost turns the sales rep into a, a website concierge, right? <laughs> yeah. Like guiding them to use the tool and, and to help themselves, but, but letting them know simultaneously that you're, you're right there if they need your help. So. Yeah, and it's important, too, to think about how the sales force is changing. Um, you know, the sales force of 20, 30 years ago, that person loved knowing everything about your product and they were going to stay with your company until they got the gold watch and then they retired. Uh, the millennial sales force is a little bit different there. They like to talk. They like to do the prospecting. They like to have the social conversations. And that's really, really good. But then they probably might not spend as much time knowing and learning the ins and outs of your products because, to be honest, people move a lot more today. So why are they investing the time? will utilize that sales rep for what they're really good at then. Utilize them for going in there, winning over the customer, and then driving them through your site. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. And Steve, I want to go back to one of the things that you said about um, you know, creating like a product configurator and, and those type of tools. Um, you know, I think the, the example that popped into my head was um, uh, a couple of years ago, I got a, a hot tub. It was used at the time. And so uh, I had really no idea what I was getting into. And I had no idea that every single hot tub cover, cover is um, custom. And so I went to where I usually go to online to go buy one. And um, every place had product configurators. Some were better than others. And the, the measuring stick I used was am I confident that when I hit order now, the $500 thing I'm ordering is in big bulky thing that costs me a lot of money to ship back uh, is going to be the right thing. And so, you know, going to that product configurator experience, anything that you can do online to drive out uncertainty uh, is, is bound to help you. Um, in those situations, because I think that's a lot of the times where um, uh, customers lean on reps because they don't want to be wrong, right? It's like, well, I have this particular application. Um, I think this is what I need to know, but I want you to ask me things that I'm not thinking about. Yeah, mitigate the risk. Take yeah, the risk absolutely. away from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where a good configurator really needs to give you that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Well, uh, that was, uh, kind of creating that sales rep buying experience. So, uh, 
like to transition now into more of the nuts and bolts of the technology now and uh, and how Steve um, you know I'm sure you talk in your day-to-day about helping customers uh, pick the right e-commerce platform so um, as kind of our second point here what are some of the things that go into helping those clients uh, make that that choice for an e-commerce platform yeah um, I think the one part to add to this too is before you even get to the platform, you want to pick the right partner for that too. Um, so this is a little bit. That's of a easy. Just pick swarming. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, we're probably not the right partner for everybody out there. Just like we all are when we do our business. So you want to find someone. This is going to be hopefully a long-standing relationship. Uh, it costs money to change that. Uh, when you build a site and then you're not happy and you got to bring somebody else in, it takes time for them to come up to speed that costs money and it's gonna cost you a little bit more. So do your due diligence first, meeting with that partner, ask for reference, references and you know, talk to them and make sure you like having conversations with them because I, trust me, when something goes wrong with your website and you gotta to talk to them, you don't wanna have the guy over there that you don't understand. Um, but now carrying over to the e-commerce platform and selecting that, first, I think what's most important is making sure that you're picking an e-commerce platform that's gonna be Going to do what you need, but also grow with your business. So you might be right now starting e-commerce. You don't need all the bells and whistles. You don't need to go a million dollars in on the build of your site. You need to get started somewhere. You need to build some revenue, and then you need to expand upon that so you can continue to grow. That's something that's something that we've done over the last several years is really spend focus on how do we help our customers grow their business? Because if you're making more money, we should make more money. Um, and when I talk about this with the uh, e-commerce platform, the way I really like to think about it is if you were to build a new manufacturing facility today with technology as it is, they're going to build it in a way that the back wall can be removed if you grow and expand. And it's going to be removed effectively and it's not going to cost you just as much as it would to build a new building. Your platform should be able to do the same thing. So when you're in the first part of your build, you want to be talking to that partner and thinking about building that site in a way the, of what your future looks like. So doing your process, your kind of vision of your business and how it's gonna grow, so they're architecting and developing your site in a way that's gonna continue to expand. Now technology does change and every several years you're gonna have to replatform um, just because things advance and you gotta do new things to keep up with trends and to make sure your website's not falling out of, falling out of security specs and things like that. Um, but you wanna make sure that you know, you're really thinking of the big picture. Um, now, tying on to that is another expression that we like to use, which is KIT. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. Don't over-engineer your site. So the more complex you make your site, the more problems you can run into. Um, and there are times where, you know, you really do want to get into a very complex configurator because it's going to be good for your customers. And using a tool like that is good, but don't think that you want your site to do everything for you. Um, the more that you hear an engineer on the other end of the phone going, oh, we can do this and then this and then this. And if we write this custom code to do this, it'll solve all your problems. Well, that custom code, when it doesn't work, now creates all of your problems in the world. Um, with that carrying through, though, you also want to make sure that your site's making your life easier. That's the point of technology, right? I think that's actually the definition of technology. Um, and you don't want to have a site that's making processes more complicated for you. So use it. Most platforms today are going to allow you to integrate with things like your accounting software, your warehouse management, your inventory, your shipping, tax. Let the computers do the work. 
Uh, I'm going to be honest here that computers are going to make a lot less errors than humans. Um, I've spent some time in the shipping industry uh, and working with shipping software. And once you bring in that software, uh, packages tend to start going the right places at the right time a lot more, and it saves you money in the long run. Um, so I'm not talking about minimizing jobs here. I'm talking about creating efficiencies for people so that they can actually do more effective things for your business. Um, and really that those integrations and automations are going to help you a lot there. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Oh, well, um, you know, that was a, a lot of, um, you know, three kind of main points there around choosing technology, starting with the right uh, technology partner. So I appreciate you adding that in there. Um, Pete, this next piece goes to you. Um, and that's really about, you know, you've got the site built now. We're creating that sales rep like experience. Um, one of the important pieces that a sales rep does or offers in that experience is usually to establish a you know, rapport and credibility. So without that sales rep there, um, you know, how do you uh, recommend we establish credibility uh, with website visitors? Well, I think that, that it's something where uh, there's a lot of examples of how organizations do it wrong. I mean, one of the best examples that I think the majority of the people in the United States would be familiar with is Comcast, right? <laughs> if, if anyone has had Comcast or then they changed their name to Xfinity, hoping people would forget that they were actually Comcast. <laughs> And next thing you know, they'll just call themselves Shitfinity or something like that. <laughs> Maybe people will forget that it was Xfinity or Comcast. But, but if you ever had to make a phone call to get something fixed or put in a trouble ticket, it was an absolute nightmare. And any, I mean, even the thought of having to pick up the phone and call them, my anxiety level would go through the roof. And I was going to be one of those people that would end up getting recorded. And then they would play it on the internet and everybody would talk about what <laughs> idiot I am, right? Um, but if you would go to their social media site uh, or like to Twitter or something like that and tweet, you would get the most perfect white glove service ever. So there is inconsistency amongst the interactions with the organization. So I think one of the biggest things that you can do is if you have a very strategic sales process or sales approach that you're following, make sure that you match it when they get to your website so that there's consistency there. Um, that's really important. And you want to make sure that when somebody goes to your website, you're not automatically accosting them and asking for their contact information or asking them to buy something or throwing up offers in their face or waiting six seconds and then having some pop-up that moves around the screen going, can we help you? Can we help you? Like that, all that does is like trigger anxiety. And especially these days when everybody gets triggered all the time, we need to be careful, right? We wanna make sure that we're delivering a valuable experience, which means that we have to be giving them some type of value that they're getting from that experience. And, and before, I think in our previous episode, I talked quite a bit about making sure that we've got enough content to answer all of the questions that they have. We wanna think about that. Another thing that we wanna think about from an, a credibility standpoint is when, when somebody comes to the website, it's not about just, putting content out there, ready-made content for them to consume, we have the ability to create the right messaging to take them by the hand and walk them through that buying journey. So we wanna make sure that we've got that and that the process that they're gonna go through is smooth and frictionless. The smoother and less friction that they have to experience along the way, 
the more likely they are to like your organization and want, that will compel them to want to give you money and do business with you. Um, so with, with marketing automation, uh, we have the ability to create personalized content. Uh, we can do A-B testing to make sure that the messaging is correct and it's reaching the right person at the right time and moving them to action. But we also have the ability to educate them on areas where they may not be that familiar. And, and through that educational process, we generate and gain much more credibility because we're able to showcase our expertise, our knowledge, and our skill set along the way. Um, and then you can do some tactical things like putting trust badges up there, SSL certificates, and different things like that, or even bringing in influencers to endorse your organization or endorse your products or services. If those influencers happen to be looked upon, respected, or, or, or are respected by the persona that you're trying to reach. So those are all some things that you can do uh, for credibility. But the biggest thing is put yourself in their shoes and, and think about what that experience would feel like from their perspective. Because if you're only looking at it through your own perspective, you're probably only looking at trying to sell them instead of serve them. Sure. Yeah. Pete, I think some that we've seen more and more together a lot when we're talking design and marketing for websites is uh, creating a real honest experience. Be true with your customers and show them your brand. Like think about when you shop today, you know, you're going to get a lot of credibility. Or you're going to give a lot of credibility to the company that like you see how their employees are using their products or you just see that it's a cool place to be. And we've seen more and more where that's what the consumer, the consumer, especially with social media today and like brand, like we're talking about with the influencers, they want to feel like they're part of whatever you've got going on. So whether that's your employees doing something cool in the background, using your product, your influencers out using their product. They want to feel as if they're part of your business almost and part of the family. So being honest about who you are, what you do, and just showing that using your social media, like some of the, my favorite social media accounts are dumb of just guys that work doing, working with the product that they sell and doing cool stuff with it. Um, that's what I want to see because then I want to be the, in my mind, the consumer like, Oh, that's me. I'm the guy out there with that cool backpack. Um, but really it establishes that credibility by showing that you're a real person. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good, a good point. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, pretty much wrap us up for today. We're talking about a building a site that converts, and this was uh, part two of our four-part series on uh, four steps to a profitable uh, e-commerce experience. Uh, we talked about uh, creating that sales rep um, buying experience and, and through things like product configurators, uh, custom portals, that type of stuff. Uh, we talked then about how to select the right uh, technology partner and e-commerce platform, uh, and then how we establish uh, credibility on the site for visitors. So with that, Pete, how do they find out more about us? All right. Yeah. Head on over to our website at wearemindscape.com forward slash in the weeds so you can see past episodes uh, that you may want to go and listen to because I'm sure you are absolutely enthralled with the content that we're delivering and have delivered today. Uh, you can also visit our social media channels at the profile We Are Mindscape uh, and use the hashtag in the weeds podcast to let us know if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the future or if you have any questions. Or you can do it what's becoming the old-fashioned way and just go over there and send us an email to in the weeds at wearemindscape.com and uh, we'll make sure and take your feedback appropriately. And if you disagree with us, we like that more than if you agree with us. So please <laughs> share your feedback. But thanks a lot for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye everyone.